Hello and welcome. You've tuned into the School of Ministry podcast. Paul is your Bible teacher today. He has years of experience as a pastor, seminary instructor, and more. Later, you will be given information how to reach us. If you have questions you would like addressed, let us know. Maybe you have a need in your life and want to know how the Bible gives answers that apply to us today. Feel free to contact us. Now enjoy the lesson. Proverbs 3.5 is really a description of, of a worshiping heart. For he says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. The point of that is completely focused on God. That He's going to guard my life. He's going to straighten my path. And I want to teach my son how to trust the Lord with all of his heart. So the word trust here in the Hebrew, it originally meant... To lie on one's face helplessly. That's what trust is. To lie helplessly face down is the sense. But there's a sense of submission there to the total control of God. That He is completely in control. And that's what, as a worshiper of the Lord, that's what we say. I'm not only humbled by your presence, but I bow submissively in your presence to do anything that you would choose to do. That's how I trust you. That's how I'm going to trust you, that Lord, you know exactly. And teach your son to trust in that way. Teach him not to lean on his own understanding. The Hebrew word doesn't mean incline. It means to support yourself. Have you ever had to have something support you? That's what it is to trust in the Lord. That we're totally supported by Him. Teach Him to support Himself, not by His own wisdom, but by God's wisdom. In all your ways acknowledge Him. The word there means to be aware of, to know, to have fellowship with. In everything in life, teach Him to do it all in union and communion with the living God. Teach Him how to trust God for everything. How to lean on God for total support. I remember my son was about to take a test. He was going to take, I think he was 16, he was going to take the test to get his, uh, he was going to graduate. We had been practicing and practicing, and he told his mom as he's resting there on the couch, well, Dad said just to trust the Lord and he'll give me all of the answers. (laughs) That kid passed. (laughs) That kid passed on the first time. Well... Maybe that wasn't quite the idea as he's just lounging back and resting. But we wanted to teach him to trust God in everything, to lean on God so totally that he would be aware of the consistent presence of the Lord in his life. And if he so lives with that kind of trust and that kind of leaning and that kind of acknowledging God, God's going to direct his path. As we teach our children to fear God, I believe that when God is feared, so is sin. And the Proverbs says that fearing the Lord prolongs life. Do you want your son to have a rich, long life? I think we do. Any parent would want their child to have a rich, long life. 
Proverbs says, fearing the Lord is more profitable than wealth. It brings about life. It keeps one from evil. It results in riches and honors. But it breeds humility. Proverbs says that those who fear God sleep satisfied. They're untouched by evil. They have confidence. They'll be praised. They will have their prayers answered. Would you like that for your son? Isn't that the kind of gift you want your son to have? Would you like to know that your son will have a prolonged, full life? Teach him to fear God. That is the most crucial lesson we can teach our children. A father could ever teach his son. Well, there's a second lesson. Lesson number two is to guard your mind. Chapter 3, verse 3, and there's many, many others. We'll try to get through some of them. But 3 and verse 3, it tells us, But let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So, it introduces the heart here. The writer mentions kindness. I said, that beautiful word that means love. It means loyalty. It means faithfulness. It means fidelity. It means kindness. And then, let not just mercy, but truth. That word is the word met. And it means truth or accuracy, reliability, dependability. When you take that and those two marvelous things, loyalty, faithfulness, fidelity, and all that, along with being reliable, dependable, accurate truth, and you bind them around your neck, and you write them on the tablet of your heart. We chisel them. That's the idea. They're chiseled on the tablet of your heart. And here the heart means the mind. The heart has reference to the mind, the seat of thought, the emotion, the will. In other words, teach your son to guard his mind. Fathers, we are responsible for the minds of your children. You are responsible. What a tremendous responsibility. When the assault of the human mind has never been at a greater level through media than it is today. The job of guarding the minds of your young person, of teaching your sons, of teaching them how to guard his mind. What a formidable task. What a huge task. Chapter 4, verse 23 says, Watch over your heart with all diligence. The father says to his son, for from it flows the springs of life. Guard your mind diligently. Because everything in life comes out of it. Comes out as your conduct. It's not what goes into a man, Jesus said in Matthew. It's what comes out of a man that defiles him. And so, what goes in isn't necessarily the issue. But what it begins to boil and build up and then comes out as is certainly the issue. So the heart must be right. The father then has the task of assuring that his son's mind is programmed with truth, with virtue, with faithfulness, with honesty, with integrity, with loyalty, with love. That's what he's saying right here. All of those two words can be summed up like that. All of those two words. Father, you have the responsibility to teach your son to guard his mind. And all the way through the passage, and I wish we had time to kind of wander back and forth and go through all of these ten chapters. And I think that you'll see this because back in chapter 1 and verse 9, he talks about 
the fact that good instruction is a graceful wreath to your head, ornaments around your neck. When a son wears truth in his heart, it graces him. Chapter 2 and verse 10 says that he wants wisdom to enter your heart and knowledge to be pleasant to your soul so that discretion will guard you and understanding will watch over you to deliver you from the way of evil. Chapter 3 verse 1, let your heart keep my commandments. 4 and 4, let your heart hold fast to my words, my commandments and live. That's the issue, that it's the mind or the heart. It's to be guarded, to be guarded carefully. Fathers, we are the guardians of our children's minds. You've got to keep the right stuff going in and the wrong stuff out. It's your duty before God to guard your son's mind and all of your children as well. What a tremendous responsibility. And it's a daunting task. That means that we have to protect our children in more ways than just the physical ways that our world would say. We have to protect them from what might be going in. That's the negative. The positive, we want to make sure they're exposed, that they're filling their mind with the right things. There lies the benefit of a godly education of a father training up his child, teaching them the Word of God. That's the duty of the fathers. Teach your son. Fear your God, son. Guard your mind, for out of it comes your conduct. Hi. Let me interrupt for just a moment and update you with some information. You can now contact us at schoolofministryresources.org or biblelandmarks.com. We also now live stream services on landmarkstockton, all one word, dot com. Or you can see us on Facebook at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church of Stockton. We look forward to hearing from you. We would love to send you information. So thank you, and back to our podcast. Well, the third lesson is a father must teach his son to obey his parents. All through this entire section, these statements, Hear, my son, your father's instruction. They're repeated in 1 and verse 8, chapter 2 and 1, 3, 1, 4, 1, then again chapter 4. It's repeated again and again. Hear my son your father's instructions. Look at verse 10. Hear my son and accept my sayings. Verse 11. I have directed you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in upright paths. Do what I say. That's what he's telling him. Do what I say. Verse 20, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart or your mind. That's the idea of that. So we're reinforcing here the first commandment with promise. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. That's the first commandment with promise. Your sons are to obey their parents. That means discipline. And I looked up today, and you know what? It is not illegal to spank your child. In California, it's not illegal to spank your child. And God has given a place. I don't believe in smashing them across the head with a fist. God has given a wonderful place on the body that a little paddle just gets their attention. That's not child abuse. In some countries, it is considered child abuse. But it's not. Why? Why do I say that? Because over and over Proverbs says 
that we are to have reproof. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord, nor loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father the son in whom he delights. That's Proverbs 3 and 11. If you love your son, you're going to discipline him. You're going to reprove him. You're going to rebuke him. Here's discipline. We're dutiful, faithful sons who are going to carry on a righteous pattern. They've got to learn to obey their parents. That's what discipline is. And that's when sometimes chapter 10 and verse 13 says, A rod is for the back of him who lacks understanding. When your son doesn't want to hear, that's when you use the rod. Later on in Proverbs, it says that rebellion is in the heart and it's driven far with a rod. That's discipline. It's not done in anger. It's done in love. I can remember times of sending my children to their room and I had that belt, pull off the belt, smack it a few times. And then I would go up and sit down with them and tell them what they had done wrong. Sometimes... I said, now today is a day where you're going to learn the grace of God, the mercy of God. And I'm not going to spank you. Boy, talk about the tears. <laughs> tears would just run down their eyes. They were sitting there expecting that they were going to get spanked. And then they learned that sometimes God is merciful to us. And Dad was sometimes merciful. Sometimes they needed that little smack on the behind. Not to hurt them, but to punish them, to turn them away so that they would see. Because the rod was used for discipline, and it's done in love, and whom a father loves, he disciplines. And this discipline is done to lead our children to wisdom. Well, I need to move right along. So that's the purpose of breaking self-will. It's the purpose of removing foolishness. It's the purpose of delivering the child from spiritual death. The purpose is for making him a delight to his parents. And all of those things are taught in Proverbs. And when you teach your children to obey, you use a rod to reinforce that. Because God says that sometimes physical punishment done in love is a strong corrective measure. That way your children learn to obey their parents. And if they learn to obey their parents, and their parents are teaching the Word of God and living by the truths of God's Word, they will learn to obey the Word of God. And if they learn to obey their parents, they will learn to submit to the parents' authority. And later on, as they're living in society, they learn how to submit to society's authority in any form. And a disobedient child, you see, not only makes a spiritual disaster, but becomes kind of an anti-social personality, sometimes a criminal. But we have a task, Father, to say to your son, you must learn to fear your Lord God, to guard your mind, to obey your parents. You must learn how to submit to authority. And since we represent the authority of God, we're teaching you the wisdom of God. You must obey. You must obey. I do not believe that there's any excuse for a rebellious child. I believe that children can be under the control if they're properly taught by their fathers to obey. Maybe I better pick up on the next ones in the next, but I want to just close out with this thought. You see, you have a duty, Father, and I want to lay it as clear out as we can. If you fail your duty as a father to teach your son the fear of God, the devil will teach him to hate God. And if we fail to teach 
your son to guard his mind, the devil will gladly teach him to have an open mind that is open to ungodliness. And if you fail to teach your son to obey his parents, the devil will teach him to rebel and break the parent's heart. We're going to see that if you fail to teach your son to control his body, the devil will gladly teach given over to completely to lust. If we fail to teach our son the right companions, the devil will choose those companions for him. And if you fail to teach your son to enjoy the marriage partner that God has given him, the devil will come in and destroy that marriage. And if you fail to teach your son to watch his words, the devil will fill his mouth with filth. And if you fail to teach your son to pursue his work, the devil will make laziness a tool of hell. If you fail to teach your son how to manage money, the devil will cause him to waste his money on riotous living. If we fail to teach your son to love his neighbor, the devil will gladly teach him to love only himself. We have a great responsibility in this generation and to the next if the Lord tarries to our sons. We have a great responsibility in this day and age to raise up a nation of godly men who will teach and practice these things. And maybe if we have failed, that's okay. It's not too late because the truths of God's Word are still true. And you can instill these and you can show them. You can say, look now what I've learned. I didn't know this. Maybe I failed. And you know what? There were times I have to come back to my children and said, I failed. I didn't do this. I should have done that. But I see them doing better than their father. What a joy. What a joy that my children are doing better than I did. And their children are coming to an age where they're knowing Christ as Lord and Savior. They're coming to an age where they're understanding the fear of God. Don't you want that for your grandchildren, for your children, your great-grandchildren? That's all we're taking to heaven from this world. You're not taking your car. You're not taking your nice clothes or whatever it might be. But your children can go. Your grandchildren can go. We want them to be there. And we want them to hear of the Lord. Well done. Good and faithful. Do you know Christ is Savior? There are many that may be listening that do not even know the beginning. Do not know that Christ is your Lord and Savior. Do not know the fear of the Lord. I hope today that in talking to fathers that you will understand that today is the day of salvation. Today is that day that you, you must have a new life in Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and you just say, Lord, I just need you. I need you to use me in a greater way. I need you to do what only you can do. I need you, Father, to help me and to watch over and all. Maybe it's something that's just between you, just between the Lord. Maybe there's been something that we've read and, and I was preaching one thing, but the Holy Spirit directed your mind to something else. That's God working. That's God speaking to you. That's the Lord working in your life. Listen. Be attentive. Hear what the Lord is saying to you today. Maybe there's something else you don't even know. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the message. If you want to hear Paul in person and are in the Stockton, California area, we invite you to join us at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church, 301 East Alpine Avenue. That's near the University of the Pacific. 
He brings the Bible message every Sunday at 11 a.m. and other times as listed. We trust you've been encouraged, challenged, or generally built up spiritually. If this lesson has sparked questions on this or other topics, please see our contact information in the description or email us at sclofministry at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.